0: Welcome to the podcast of Trinity Church London. You're listening to a message given on a Sunday morning. If you'd like to know more about us and the life of the Church, please visit trinitychurchlondon.com. It runs through the creation of a people, Israel. That story of great triumph and great disaster. It runs through the creation of the new Israel, the Church. And that's 2,000 years of history. His plan runs through to your life and my life it runs right through to the challenges to the the joys to the struggles of your and my life God's plan runs all the way through to that his secret wisdom and it runs on to beyond the point when we're still here to when Jesus comes back God has a plan which through all the twists and turns He is going to fulfill and it ends it ends in a redeemed glorious magnificent humanity with him in heaven isn't that amazing that's the end result that's what this is all going for you and me being part of a magnificent glorious redeemed humanity in heaven and it's a plan well beyond our understanding or imagination that's what it says No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. Even these words are totally inadequate to describe what God has prepared for you and for me. Because no one can conceive it apart from the Spirit. Apart from the Spirit. Because it's the Holy Spirit who reveals eternal truth to us Paul goes on in verse 8 none of the rulers of this age understood it for if they had they would not have crucified the Lord of glory we, we, we gloss over that it seems obvious but it's not it's not at all obvious the Romans and the Jewish leaders they're not stupid nor are they unaware of the supernatural and yet for three years they saw Jesus they saw him healing people they saw him teaching things that were amazing they saw him casting out demons they saw him doing miraculous signs as, as we've heard today even calming the waves they saw his, his his winsome personality this was God walking on earth for three years they saw that and yet they didn't understand he was the Lord of glory I and mean, not only them But nearly all the people Jesus met didn't understand, did they? They were the ones who crucified him. Even when it talks in the end of the Gospels about when Jesus comes back, is resurrected, it talks about 500 disciples. So that's, you know, at the end of three years, there's 500 people who who maybe started to understand who he was. Even that famous passage where On the road to Caesarea Philippi. Remember when Jesus says to his disciples, Who am I? What happens? This is a question you can answer. This isn't purely rhetorical. What's the answer when Jesus says to his disciples, Who am I? Anybody there? Yeah, so is right. And it goes on. And it goes on. And Peter says, You are the Christ. But then it goes on to say Jesus' reply is fascinating He says You didn't work this out You've been with me for all these years But you didn't work this out It was the Spirit who revealed it to you Hallelujah. So even the disciples Could not in their own minds See who Jesus was They couldn't see spiritual. And this is the point That Paul is hammering home We cannot know God in the slightest by human wisdom it is completely impossible, what God was doing in Christ and through him you cannot understand by human wisdom I have sympathy for the atheists who actually bother to try and understand Christianity because when they look at the cross they talk about things like this is cosmic child abuse that the father is punishing the son well I I can understand that if they don't have spiritual discernment they won't understand what's going on they think it's horrific they should think it's horrific because you see the human mind unenlightened by the spirit cannot understand what is going on and Paul wants to hammer this point home ...to the Corinthians, because this is a great church which is in grave danger of going off the rails. And the way it's going off the rails is it's lost this understanding... ...that spiritual truth is spiritually revealed. It does not come from debate, discussion. And it's the same for us today. The challenges you and I face in our lives, in our relationships... In our families, in our parenting, in our view of sexual ethics, in our money. The answers don't come from books. Hallelujah. Or podcasts. Or lots of debates and discussions. The answer comes from the Holy Spirit revealing spiritual truth truth to us. There may be some wisdom in those other things, I'm not saying there's nothing in them, but that is not the heart, that is not the answer to the challenges of our lives, the answer rather than weighing up all these books, is to seek the revelation of the Spirit how does that come? Well, it comes through the word, it comes through the way the Spirit takes the word of God, just what we're doing now and makes it real to us and brings it alive to us it also comes from the way we encourage each other anointed by the Spirit I think this is interesting, this relates through to when he goes later on and talks about words of prophecy which we had with Mike this morning, words of knowledge which Liz brought that is the Holy Spirit revealing spiritual truth is not it? so we, we, we learn spiritual truth by seeking the Holy Spirit asking him to speak to us through his word and asking him to speak to us through each other and that is for Paul the heart of how you build a Christian life this isn't intellectual suicide it's not that we don't think about stuff in many ways it's simply a reflection of Romans 12 verse 1 you remember that famous verse it talks about we, are, we have to get away from being conformed to the world's way by the renewing of our minds He's speaking to people who are Christians We need our minds renewed We don't renew our minds by reading lots of books about issues The Holy Spirit renews our minds and we're no longer conformed to the image of this world so this is why Paul feels this is so important it's not that human wisdom and knowledge isn't important it's grown enormously but we have a bigger picture we understand a bigger reality all of the human wisdom and knowledge if you put it all together is a drop in the bucket compared to the reality of who God is and his wisdom So it's not wrong, it's just a drop in the bucket in comparison. Many years ago, the English poet T.S. Eliot wrote these lines in his poem, The Rock. Where is the life we have lost in living? Where is the wisdom we have lost in knowledge? Where is the knowledge we have lost in information? Endless invention, endless experiment brings knowledge of speech but not of silence knowledge of words but ignorance of the word you wrote that 80 years ago I think it's a brilliant description of our age particularly those first few lines we live in the information age don't we we are, we are there is so much information <laughs> and it's just a massive distraction in many ways because as he says where is the wisdom we've lost in knowledge where is the knowledge we've lost in information this overload of information means we actually probably know less and even this overload of knowing means we live in a world that's less wise feels it's more wise but actually as T.S. Eliot says we have lost more than we've gained Paul says there are three consequences of This radical understanding that spiritual truth, the most important foundational truth for your life and my life, is revealed by the Holy Spirit. The first one is, we can never argue or debate someone into becoming a Christian. It's just not possible. It needs a revelation of the Spirit. This is what he says in verse 14. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. They're foolishness to him. He cannot, cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. I, I can take a simple example that probably most of us have encountered. When somebody says to you, uh, how can there be a God where there's so much suffering in this world? very understandable question that many people have. But if you have the same experience as me, there isn't much of an answer, really, that works. We can say a few things about, well, you know, suffering can have a bigger purpose. We can, we, we can point to Jesus on the cross, but it doesn't work. The reason it doesn't work is, in many ways, it's completely the wrong question. The, the question that people used to ask for thousands of years was, why, why on earth am I not suffering more? given that I'm in rebellion against the God who created me and loves me and gave himself for me and I am consciously rebelling against him why on earth is my life so good? Uh, but that won't work either will it? unless spiritually somebody gets that unless the Holy Spirit reveals that to their heart and mind so we can never argue anyone into the kingdom that's not to say we shouldn't have answers for some of these questions because otherwise we're not showing respect for where they are but don't expect the answers to work and don't get worried when they don't it's the Holy Spirit's job to bring revelation that will open up people's minds so you may yourself be here wondering what I'm talking about <laughs> this may make no sense to you at all you may be somebody who knows about Jesus but doesn't know him as their saviour and Lord you may be someone who appreciates and follows the teaching of Jesus but doesn't know their, his friendship I'm not going to be able to argue you into any of that but I will simply say ask the Holy Spirit to reveal truth to you I promise you, he will because he loves to that's what he's here for so if you are here and wondering I'm sorry I can't answer all your questions I don't mind you coming and asking me afterwards I might try, but it's the Holy Spirit you need (laughs) and you just need to open yourself to him and he will bring to you truth and then come and talk to somebody afterwards about what you've done and we ourselves must remind ourselves not to drift into when we hit issues in our lives issues around relationships parenting, attitudes to other people there may be some wisdom in the books we have but if they're not pointing us to scripture and the Holy Spirit then they're not going to do us much good equally It's the community that the Spirit speaks through talk to each other the community of the church both now and over 2,000 years is illuminated by the Spirit and he speaks through that to our lives so let's not run into the podcasts and the books let's talk to each other let's seek the Holy Spirit let's make scripture a key part of our lives if there's only one thing you do from today please it's pick up your Bible tomorrow morning and read it a bit even better maybe the day after and the day after that there is a richness there illuminated by the Spirit that is just amazing, I was just reading this morning and again one of my favourite verses popped up um, where Jesus says you as fathers even though you are evil in other words not, not fully good know how to good give things to your children how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask and that always rings in my mind that phrase how much more how much more I don't know, do you know how much more I want to spend my life trying to find out what how much more means <laughs> because there's always more than we've experienced and that was just reading the bible this morning Second consequence, we as a church are not called to be part of the culture wars. We are called to be a counter-cultural community that demonstrates through the power of the Holy Spirit a different way to live. We are not called to be engaged in all these debates, promoting our own views on Twitter, trying to tell everybody else how to live. It doesn't work and we're not called to it. We're called to live differently. Jesus said, didn't he? How will you know you are my disciples? By what you put on Twitter? By how well you argue the debates of the day? By your views on sexuality? No, what was the answer? By By how much you love one another. The world is desperate to see something. A community that lives differently. And then when people ask, how does this work? Then we can explain the truth behind it. So that's what we're called to be, loving community. And the third consequence that Paul highlights in this passage is just simply the importance of being daily filled with the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit reveals to us the very thoughts of God even the deep things of God verse 10 verse 12 that we may understand what God has freely given us we sang that this morning didn't we well you can sing the words but if you're like me I'm not sure I really know how much God's freely given me ask the Holy Spirit each day come Holy Spirit fill me may I know more of what God has freely given me, He's promised to do that that's how we do it, that's how we know what God has freely given us, because the Spirit reveals it, you see only you know what you're thinking at the moment, you might be thinking about lunch you might be thinking about what somebody's wearing, you might be thinking about what you're doing this afternoon, you might be thinking about the game yesterday, amazingly you might be thinking about what I'm saying but I don't know no one knows only you know what you're thinking unless you speak only God knows what God's thinking unless he speaks and it is the spirit and this beautiful passage Paul talks about the spirit being the spirit of God within the spirit knows what God is thinking and he can communicate it to us we are incapable of knowing what God is thinking we don't know, in no way but the spirit will reveal it to us, our receiving of the spirit means we are on intimate terms with God himself personally powerfully present revealing God's thoughts do you you want to know what God thinks about you? Do you want to know what he really thinks about you? Ask the Holy Spirit. And one of the ways this happens again is in prophetic words and words of knowledge, isn't it? Because what happens then is something is said to us that is often very ordinary, but actually comes with the Spirit's power, and it changes. Pete was giving us a lovely example of the prayer meeting of somebody he met on this trip who he had known 10 years ago and she came and just said that one thing he'd said to her which was just you have a beautiful smile had transformed the way she saw herself and she was a different person now than she was 10 years ago the Holy Spirit was in those words even though Pete wasn't necessarily aware truth spiritual truth was communicated and changed her life so do you want to know what God thinks of you? ask the Holy Spirit and what I want to try and do if we have time at the end is just encourage us um, as we finish to look around and just see if God is prompting you to bring a simple word to somebody because you may well be doing you may well be taking spiritual truth, the thoughts of God to someone else's life, isn't that beautiful? because he wants to do that through us that's why those gifts exist and then very briefly and secondly Paul is talking about what does Christian maturity look like what does it look like to be a grown up Christian, because this is one of his themes he comes back to quite a lot if he went on to the first few verses of the next chapter, he, he, he basically says, guys you're not very mature this is a theme he picks up we know some of the verses let me give you some what does Christian maturity look like? Ephesians 4.13 attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ Christian maturity? becoming more like Jesus and it's possible Philippians 3 verse 15 keep pressing on to win the prize for which God has called us that is what mature people do Hebrews 5.14 those who have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil goes on to say that is maturity that's what we're trying to learn to do James 1 verse 4 maturity is the result of perseverance becoming complete, not lacking anything becoming stable, not knocked around by things that's maturity but Paul gives us another version here And he wants to highlight something different. He ends this passage by saying, we have the mind of Christ. That's his definition of maturity. What is the mind of Christ? He tells us elsewhere, doesn't he, in Philippians 2. Have this mind amongst you that was in Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God did not consider equality with God as something to be grasped but made himself nothing taking the very nature of a servant being found in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man he humbled himself and became obedient to death even death on a cross therefore God exalted him there's the picture Picture is one of obedience, of humility, not comparing ourselves, putting other people first. That's the mature Christian. Unlike when he goes into chapter three, where they're jealousy and debating and so on, he said, Look, you're not mature. I can see it by the way you treat each other. So this is the two foundations that Paul wants to put in our hearts and in our minds as we journey into this book the foundation of our dependence and life in the spirit revealing spiritual truth which changes our lives and guides us through all the challenges and this cry of Christian maturity which is all about humility and obedience and and the interesting thing is we have the mind of Christ he says This is available to us. This isn't about trying hard to be humble. This is about, again, asking the Holy Spirit, may the mind of Christ become, renew my mind to be like His, in that glorious passage. Can we have the band back, please? So far from being another repetition, this passage has turned out to be quite radical and challenging. I found it very challenging. Found find it really made me think about what I read where I get my wisdom from what, what part the Holy Spirit has in my life has really challenged me and this is the foundation for the rest of the book if you don't get this we're going to struggle I promise you with some of the rainy chapters some of the rainy chapters are hairy they are pretty black and white they're pretty challenging but if we recognise that it's spiritual truth can only come from the Holy Spirit we will be able to work our way through them well and productively no one can know God His ways and His thoughts apart from the Holy Spirit this means that only the Holy Spirit can enable someone to respond to Him this means that the key to every life challenging you are facing is first and foremost to be filled with the Spirit and to ask him to speak to you through scripture and through friends and this means that he will also reveal to us what God really thinks about us and the resources he has given us so let's as we go through this book lay hold of these, let's remind ourselves this is a fabulous foundation you see we are on a great adventure in this book aren't we I'll try that again. We are on a great adventure in this book, aren't we? There's so much stuff here to unpack in this this buzzing city of Corinth and in the city that we are in in London. So much that is relevant and life-changing and will touch people's lives. We're on a great adventure because, remember, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived. Nothing, nobody. What God has prepared for you and for me who love it.